0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. Working with a building contractor or an architect can present new opportunities and post challenges for your business. As a designer or a design-build contractor, you have certain obligations that need to be met, and sometimes they're in conflict with a building contractor or an architect's efforts in order to best serve the client. You might be interjecting a snag in their timeline. An adjustment in layout or a change in grade that wasn't anticipated, but is welcomed by the client, although it might rankle the other parties. It's important to be able to guide the conversation in a positive and helpful manner. Setting the baseline understanding of your creative problem-solving authority for everything outside the foundation can be a good way to define the work, so long as you can walk the walk. For some, this is what's been called the gentle battle for control. At the same time, there are opportunities to expand your business relationship, and it's important to be able to recognize these moments and capitalize on them in order to advance your business and build your network of clients. First, I think it's important to understand the relationships of the general contractor to the overall building process. To get started, if you're at a new building site or an extensive remodel, Go directly to the water heater in the garage. There you will usually find a sheet on the wall that will list out all of the players on the job site. Take a photograph of this for your records. This will list out the architect and the building contractor, sometimes the job site supervisor with cell phone numbers as well as a number of subs that are going to be used on the job site. On a well-organized job site there will be a specific location that will display the plan set as well. The water heater Garage location is oftentimes a permit display requirement for the overall construction as the posting needs to be in a viewable conspicuous location usually in the garage. If you are assembling a list of contractors for referral and who isn't you'll want to pay close attention to the subcontractors that are working on your job site. Oftentimes you'll be able to find a gas contractor or an electrician a plumber or a site grading contractor that you can refer or subcontract in the future. Establishing these relationships is critical in building your business. I might suggest that you enter any of these names from your contractor sheet into your phone so that you have them on autodial. As part of your overall networking effort, you should place a call to some of these individuals and introduce yourself. Find out how the job's going for them and start a relationship in which they will have your contact on their phones and be able to refer you in turn. Another critical consideration is to be aware of the schedule of construction. It will not be unusual to find that your anticipated dates for work will slide according to the delays caused by an inefficient contractor or some other supply consideration. You'll want to know where you are in the process and what is expected because you're probably the last contractor on the job site. The track record for the general contractor in general is something to consider as well. Are they managing a number of jobs at once? Do they build one home at a time? Is the site supervisor also the general contractor overall? What is the general relationship between the client and the contractor? This will give you some insight into how your own project will go as well. Building a relationship with a residential architect can also be an important part of your overall marketing. Networking with a number of residential architects can help you build your business because they are oftentimes in close dialogue with clients that need your services. In some cases, you'll find that architects are simply doing drawings and there is no construction pending. But the client needs design-build services outdoors at the same time, in most cases. Keep in mind that your methodology around pricing for services with design and installation may differ greatly from the architect's organizing fees. With this in mind, just be careful about how you're describing how you charge for services, because going from a percentage of construction fee basis by way of the architect to a fixed fee or hourly rate from your company may reflect a new way of thinking for some residential clients. As part of your overall design-build installation process, you'll want to take advantage of the subcontractors that are on-site that can provide services for you, as you move ahead with your work. Think about the trades that are on site and how they will be dovetailed into your overall effort. For example, the electrician that's on site doing the wiring from the kitchen can do the GFI receptacle for your water feature out in the backyard. The gas contractor working on the stove hookup should be able to put in place to provide the gas for your outdoor fireplace. The plumber that's doing the bathroom fixtures can also do the point of connection at the street for your irrigation hookup. (music) Larger builders will be fixated on price in most cases, unless you're in the rarefied realm of high-end residential. A lot of us in the green industry trades want to talk about being in that golden spot, but we have to mix in some side dishes before we get there. What you find with a lot of design-build companies is they talk a big game about all their high-end clients, but then when you actually look at actual financials, you'll find that most companies' mainstream income is made up of a lot of mid-range installations in order to fill the calendar for a design-build business that's successful. Don't fall into a trap of thinking of yourself as totally exclusive. Unless you have a spouse that's making six figures and you can wear that old cape and beret, I wouldn't go there mentally. Instead, build your business around pragmatic concerns that you can address on a reliable daily basis. If you strike up a relationship with a large volume builder and you find that the relationship is pointing in the right direction, be careful that you might get what you ask for. A large volume builder can put you in a position where you have to produce a lot of work quickly, and this may not serve your purposes. Be sure to set clear understandings with these contracts as to what you can deliver and how long it will take. Give yourself some buffer. Keep in mind that residential architects, in some cases, will be working on relationships of their own, with clients that may not be fully flushed out for the remuneration they are expecting as well. In this regard, you might be called upon to provide some consultation services or an architect working with a residential client and be asked to provide this at no charge. If this is the case, I wouldn't shrink from it, but I would just limit the work to phone calls and video calls in particular. You will want to be careful, especially as a small contractor, to limit your availability to what you can actually accomplish and leave yourself lots of room for estimating and planning coordination. I want to say a word again about how landscape design build contractors present themselves to each other. I've done a fair amount of large form work in my day, and I've worked for a few celebrities, signed the non-disclosure agreements, and moved some amazing materials. But I have to say that even though we've done a lot of that kind of work, it is really this exception to the volume of work that we're doing on a day-by-day basis. In many cases, when you talk to a design-build contractor in the residential realm, they will talk only about the shiniest objects that they put in place, rather than the pragmatic daily grind of work that needed to be done in the first place. I do think that it's important for companies to lean in on what they're actually doing rather than the puffery around what they want to portray themselves to be. The high-end aspect of what we do is not for everybody. And I think that even so, you'll find that many companies are huffing themselves up with the aura of doing only high-end work. With this in mind, I think it's important to look at the reality of the situation. Many companies that talk this kind of game are really filling out their income statement with mid-range projects that are the bread and butter of their effort. I do think it's important to recognize the reality of the situation if that's the case. You need to build your business around this mainstream aspect of your own effort and do it well and not become distracted by an excess of promise, a bloated budget held at arm's length, or a vow for a future referral. What I'll tell my design staff is that one out of 10 projects that they estimate will likely be particularly interesting. One out of 20 will inspire an instinctual passion. And one out of 30 or 40 will be a fantastic opportunity that will become a memorable project to remember throughout a career. Maybe your work's different. This is what I've experienced anyway. Work experience with builders and architects can be just this, a careful crafted opportunity or a burden of obligation meted out in small doses of no consequence. I do think as landscape design build contractors, we do have an opportunity here to reinforce the very positive aspects of what we bring to the table. Few of us would argue that we can't do a better job than the building contractor for everything built outside the foundation of the home. I think that's a well-understood aspect of our business, and we need to take full advantage of our power here. This is where the gentle battle for control begins. I don't think it should be presented to the builder privately that we are able to do things better but instead we should look at articulating the fact that we're able to improve the builder or architect's service offerings as well. There's nothing more depressing than seeing an architect's version of what should go on outside the house with plant material. They really need our help, and if it's articulated carefully, we'll welcome it and seek it out. Thanks again for listening.